You're listening to episode 63 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Growing your business is hard. It's especially hard when you're a solopreneur. And when it comes down to what you need to grow your business, you're likely going to turn to one of two things, marketing and sales. Now, the two work in tandem, and when they flow effortlessly, you will guaranteed see a spike in business. Now, most of you know that marketing is my jam, but like everything, there's different ways to do this whole thing called marketing and business, and I never pretend that my way is the only way. I love connecting with marketing specialists because I'm always learning from my peers and colleagues. It's no different with this week's guest, marketing strategist Michelle Vroom, who helps women solopreneurs find and attract the right clients consistently. So are you ready to learn how to scale and grow your business? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Welcome back to another episode. Today's guest is Michelle Vroom of Vroom Communications. Michelle is a marketing strategist who helps women solopreneurs find and attract the right clients consistently so they can grow their business to 5K months and beyond. Michelle, welcome to the show. It's lovely to have you join me today. Thank you, Lauren. It's great to be here. You know, we're diving into one of my favorite things, which is marketing. And I love that you really target solopreneurs because I know firsthand all of the challenges that are associated with being a solopreneur. So before I really go down the marketing rabbit hole and rapid fire all my questions at you, tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to starting Groom Communications. Sure. Um, So I started my business a little over three years ago when my older son was six six months old because I thought that that would be (laughs) fun and not at all chaotic. Yeah, yeah. tons of time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I've been in marketing for many years, for probably like 15 years at this point. And I was working at a corporate job and it wasn't a bad job, but I always knew that I wanted to start my own business. I just thought it would happen later in life. And so when my son was born, of course, everything shifted and suddenly all these new opportunities started coming my way to help small business owners with their marketing. Mm. And it was one of those situations in life where you're like, okay, do I take the leap of faith now or do I stay the course and risk looking back and wondering what, what could have been? So I chose to take a leap of faith. I chose to put myself out there and the rest is history. Oh, I love that. Taking the leap is the hardest part. It really is. It, it really, really is. is. Yeah. And, and, you know, I love that you actually did choose to do it at that time because um, man, to do it with a baby on your <laughs> hip, like, whoo. Oh, I think I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, but. The, I don't even remember those days. They're like a blur, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just so like. <laughs> Yeah. People are like, Oh, how did you do it? You're like, you just do it. <laughs> like, I don't know. I blanked and now here I am. 
Well, one of the biggest things that comes up in marketing is leaning into a saturated market. I always laugh when people say they don't do something because their market is saturated. Yet you and I both host podcasts and there's like what an estimated 700,000 podcasts. So to say the market is saturated is putting it lightly, I think. But the best thing that we can do is stand out. And that's where it really gets tricky. So how can some solopreneurs stand out and make their mark when they may be new to their market? Yeah. So I hear that all the time. Um, you know, my market is really saturated and it may be so, right. But I always say to people, there's only one you, Mm. you are the only one who has ever walked the face of the earth who has your experience, your perspective, and your thoughts. People are not, and so I work with mostly service-based business owners, right? But even if you sell a product, people are not like buying that service or that product. They're actually investing in you. Mm. And I think a lot of people forget about that. You know, I'm a coach, I'm a marketing coach. So I, you know, help women figure out how to find and attract the right clients. And yes, they want the right clients, but there's a lot of people that they can work with, right? Who would help them do the same thing. They invest because of me, because I'm the one that has my own perspective, right? Nobody else can say the same things as me because they don't have the same perspective. There's no way that you could have two people completely mimic each other. Even right. if someone tries to copy you, right? Um, so I think it's really important for people to recognize that there's only one you and to lean into that instead of fighting to copy or look like somebody else. Mm. So that's the biggest thing. Now, how you do that is going to look different for a lot of people. Um, and I can certainly share more details on that. But I, yeah. I really feel like that is the message that people need to hear. And quite frankly, Lauren, and I'm yeah, I'm a little bit of a tough love kind of person, mm-hmm. Um I think using like the market is saturated. I think it's an excuse that people are using because they're afraid. Right. Heck yeah. I, I've, I think I saw a meme the other day and it says something about, you know, you say the market saturated, but yet you walk down the bread aisle and how many different types of bread are there? So it's like, and people are still creating different types of bread, but we've mastered the bread, right? Like it's just like right when you think bread couldn't get any better, (laughs) the new loaf of bread. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh man. But you know, let's loop back around because some people may, you're talking about finding that ideal client and, and man, that is tough finding our, our ideal audience, our, you know, our people. Um, it can be tough to get clear on that. What do you recommend and how we find and those people who fit our ideal? Well, the first is knowing your ideal, right? Mm -hmm. That's the first step. And for a lot of people, they're scared to take that step because they feel that if they niche down and they speak to a smaller audience, they're going to get less clients. It's actually reverse. Mm -hmm. The bigger your audience, right? The more that you cast that wide net, the fewer clients you're going to get because you are not truly connecting with the people who really need to hear your message. And one message does not resonate with multiple groups of people. So I think there needs to be a a shift for sure in terms of getting more comfortable with, with really honing in, even when you narrow down, right. To a particular group, like let's say you're trying to reach moms in business. 
that's still not good enough. Like you have to go even deeper because there are subgroups, right? Even within a larger group. And so I think it's really important and really powerful for people to ask themselves, like, who do I really want to serve, right? Knowing that I can serve a lot of different people, who do I want to serve? That's the first question. And then the second question is, who has the greatest need for what I offer? Now, you might say everyone, Mm. but is that really true? Does everyone have the greatest need for what you offer? Or is there someone maybe in a particular stage of business, let's say, we'll use that as an example. Um, Maybe there's someone in a a particular stage of business who needs what you have to offer more than someone else because they've suffered long enough without you. (laughs) You know, not trying to be callous here, but like we all know the pain, right? And finally invest and it's like, oh my gosh, it's a breath of fresh air. I wish I had done it sooner. So it's important to first identify who that person is if you ever want to reach them. And once you do, there's a lot of clarity that comes with that. Clarity Mm -hmm. in terms of where they are, what they want, how to speak to them. Like everything stems from that point and what I see is I see a lot of people straddling like the fence, right? They're straddling the fence between two different groups of people because they're afraid to commit. Yeah, I can see that especially. And I love that you brought up numbers and an audience because these, especially in this world of social media, we can get stuck on these vanity metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can think, oh, so-and-so has... 10,000 followers. Well, so-and-so's only getting, you know, 20 likes and no one's engaging. So what are those 10,000 followers doing? Yeah. Numbers really don't mean that much. I mean, I'm not saying we should throw them out altogether, but I did a podcast episode recently about how like I've, I've honestly gotten more success from a smaller audience than from a large one. And there are a lot of people who have hundreds of thousands of followers and just are not getting any clients. And there are people who maybe have a hundred followers and they're getting clients because it's the right people. So it's all about um, quality, not quantity. Heck yeah. Yeah. If you're just out, if you're putting out good content, the people that you want are going to find it. And I, I also love that you touched on that the smaller group in in business as well and knowing your ideal client and what stage that they may need you in. Because let's say that you're marketing your business and you you are you don't want to work with people who are just now starting their business. Mm-hmm. You, want, you want a veteran entrepreneur who's knows their flow, has their systems in place. You've already just tailored it down a little bit more. So right. right. Like I used to, you know, in my messaging speak to the new people. But what I was offering didn't really fit with them. So I was struggling. I call them like the pre-clients. I was getting a lot of pre-clients, people who would be great clients down the road, but weren't ready yet. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that's a problem a lot of people face. And I think there's some fear. There's, there's fear. There's pressure that we put on ourselves to get a client. And so we compromise um, on, on who that client is because we just want to get the client. Yeah. And you just touched on the next part. So we figure out our ideal client. We know where to find them. How do we create that message that resonates with them? So there's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, I'll name a few. And again, I do not believe in in cookie cutter. So there's no right way to do this. It it really depends on your preference, like where you're at. There's so many factors here. And that's exactly what I help my clients with. Um, But one thing I will say is that when my clients first start working with me, one of the first things we do is market research. Hmm. And it doesn't sound like sexy or exciting. I, <laughs> I mean, but, it sounds you know, exciting to me. But you know but... What's, exciting? <laughs> it's like what's exciting is getting clients, right? So 
doing that research is really important and really important for a couple of reasons. One, it's not enough to just know who you want to um, target, but you need to understand like what are their challenges, right? Truly, what are the pain points and where, what do they want most? Where do they want to be? Mm. Um, and you need to understand that and you need to understand how they describe that in their own words. And so doing market research, whether it be, you know, research in other Facebook groups or in a focus group that you set up, or even in a survey or a poll. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do this, right? But the point is, is that you want to talk to people who represent your ideal audience and you want to understand what they're struggling with, what they want, and the words and phrases that they use to describe that, because that's what you should be using in your marketing. It's not all about you, right? Yes, you need to be authentic. Yes, you need to allow your natural personality to shine through. Um, and that's kind of separate from what I'm saying here. But you've also got to use their, their language. You've got to speak their language so that they feel like you understand them. Because no one's going to invest in someone who they feel like doesn't understand them. Mm. Yeah. It, especially if like you're forcing it. Oh yeah. There's yeah, no absolutely. authenticity in that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, or you're just trying to be someone that you're not, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Like the perfect blend is speaking your audience's language, but talking about things that you're passionate about, right? Um, showing up as you without any kind of pretense or any sort of um, like curtain, right? Like you don't want to hide behind the curtain. You want to let people in. And there's a lot of ways to do that, but it all starts with how is your audience describing their problems? Because if you talk about it in a way that they're not describing, like you're not going to stand out. You're not going to capture their attention. They're just going to move on to the next person who is speaking their language. Yeah. So focus on the problem and how you can help them fix it or how you yeah, like your solution to it. Right. Because first you have to meet them where they're at. If you talk about the solution without talking about the problem, then they're going to be like, well, I don't know. Like you have, you've got to connect with them mm. and, and let them know, I understand where you're at right now. And you want them to say, my gosh, she just took the words right out of my mouth. Right. Yeah. Um, and you also then want to talk about the future though. Like what, what, what do they want most? And then highlight the gap because there's a gap, Right. They're at point A, they can't get to point B. If they could get there on their own, they would, right? They'd be doing it. They can't. So there's a gap and that's where you come in. You have to talk about how you fill that gap. And that's where you can start to, um, you know, integrate your own personal flavor, right? Like what's your, what's your process? Like, how do you, you know, like manage your clients? How do you work with them? What's their experience like working with you? How do you get results? Um, there's a lot of stuff that you can do to fill that gap that's custom to you. And it doesn't matter if your market is quote unquote saturated. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it can be, that messaging can be what gets people. It's like a make or break thing. You can know your audience, you can know where they hang out, but if you're not speaking their language, they're not on, they're not even flipping through your book. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I hope this is encouraging to your listeners, but I do feel that people take messaging and they put so much pressure on themselves to have the perfect message, the perfect thing to say. And here's what I want you to know. Like, there is no perfect thing to say. You need to do your research. You need to understand your audience, but also know that a lot of that happens as you market and get visible and, and have conversations with them you know, it's like, it's like building a relationship with a friend, right? The more you get to know that friend, the more you understand what makes them tick. And so what I think is happening, Lauren, and and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this is I think a lot of people are waiting 
to put themselves out there because they want the perfect message. They want everything tied up in a neat little bow. And listen, I was that person. I get that. I love, I I would love if my life would just be tied up in a neat little (laughs) bow, but it's not. Um, And so, and and neither is marketing. And so I would also just say like, start with what you have and know that your messaging will get better. The more that you market, it will get more effective. You'll hone in, you know, even clearer on who your audience is and the clarity that comes with taking action is just really, really powerful. Absolutely. I love that you touch on that. I say purpose over perfect all the time, all the time. And it's funny because you can, I love looking back and just seeing the growth so let's say, you know, your fa- your first uh, email blast or your first podcast episode. My goodness, I listened back to the first one. And I was like, I hope no one ever listens to this episode. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> like, but, yeah. but then what happens is you start doing it. You start learning your audience. You start knowing what feels good. You start getting your own flow into it. And you're like, okay this is better. I'm getting better. This is what I need to do. And like, it's like, once you step into that power, phew, unstoppable. Totally. And I'm so my podcast, I started doing it in March. So I feel like I'm still, I don't know. I still consider myself newer. So I'm like, well, that first episode feels a little more recent maybe, but I feel the same way um, that you do about my Facebook lives. So I do a lot of Facebook lives in my Facebook group. I used to do them on my page before I had a group. And when I look back at my first live from three years ago, I am like, oh my goodness. Because people will say to me, how are you so comfortable on lives? And I'm like, right. guys, I'm going to dig out my first live from the archives. And I did, and I shared it with them. And I was like, just so you know, <laughs> I was super forced. And I mean, I used to- Were you like a robot? Show. Yeah. Like I would talk about my agency and like almost like afraid to say that I'm a solopreneur because I was worried people would judge me. And I, I yeah. wasn't clear on my audience. Like there was a lot of stuff that I myself was not clear on. But I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so much better now. And three years from now, like who knows what it'll look like. Right? Listen, I'm a perfectionist. Like it's very, very hard for me. I mean, I'm saying this as much to myself as I am to your listeners. It is really hard for me to see the growth and the progress that I've made because I'm so quick to like critique everything I do. Yes. So I think it's important to recognize like just start. Just starting and taking that imperfect action is what's going to get you results. You know, I love that you said you're a perfectionist and that you practice what you preach, but not only that, you preach what you need to practice. And that is, that is powerful. I absolutely love it. But you also um, talk about discovery calls. What are those and how can we use those in business? Yeah. So discovery calls, and I feel like it's such an overused term in many cases, but a discovery call is simply a call that you hop on with a potential client with the goal of really learning about where they're at in their business and determining if they're a good fit for you. Now, a lot of people view discovery calls as just going in for the sale, no matter what, but really it's just an opportunity for you to make sure that the person's a good fit for you too. And truly just for you to help guide them because ultimately you want what's best for them or you should. (laughs) So that's what a discovery call is. But I think a lot of people put so much, number one, so much pressure on those calls, but then those calls can be very taboo because people are like, I'm just going to get sold to and I'm going to get pitched to. Like, it shouldn't always be the case. There are many discovery calls that I've hopped on with people and I'm like, you know what? I'm not the right fit for you. Here's mm-hmm. who it is. Like, I, I don't offer, make offers on every single call. Um, but I think a lot of people feel like they have to. And so it's become almost like a bad word, discovery call. Like, oh, I'm going to get pitched, right? People just get really, really scared 
Yeah. When it should simply be a conversation and you should already have a relationship with the person you're hopping on a call with. So it shouldn't be scary. It shouldn't be a surprise, you know? Yeah. Um, how do you guide those calls? Because I've definitely have been on, I can think of two right now that are standing out in my head. And it was like, I was walking into a car dealership. You know what I mean? Like immediately, like flies on you like, immediately. I was like, oh man, get me off this call because it, it was almost, it was uncomfortable to yeah. be on it. When you say guide, do you mean how do you guide people to the call or how do you guide them once they're on the call? How do you guide them once they're on it to, to not be so salesy? Because yeah. we, we have to sell without being salesy. So how do we do right. that? Right. And people feel salesy when number one, they're talking to the wrong person. Number two, they're making an offer without a relationship. And number three, when they don't feel aligned with what they're talking about. So, um, and I did a podcast episode on that too, like why you feel salesy and how to like knock it off. Yeah. I love <laughs> um, it. I'm going to have to listen to it. <laughs> You'll have to check that out. Um, so what I do is I really just kind of set the expectation for the call right from the get-go. Um, and I say like, this is an opportunity for me to talk with you about your business and where you're at and what's going on. And then if it feels right at the end of the call, we'll talk about ways that I can support you so that I'm setting the expectation that, Hey, like this isn't just me coaching you on a call for free. Like I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you a ton of value, but we're also going to talk about whether or not this could work. Now people fill out an application before they get on a discovery call with me. So I already know, like, I only get on calls with people who I think could be a really good fit as a client just because I can't right. count all the call. Like I, I would be doing that all day, right? right. Um, and so it's really just setting like the intention for the call. And I think that makes people relax because they're like, okay, if it's a right fit, like I'm very clear if it's a right fit. And again, I have not off made offers to certain people because I don't think it's a right fit. Have you so had then, people that like check all the boxes off, but like your intuition is like, yes. no, or like you just don't vibe with them? Yeah. So you stay true to yourself then too. Yeah. And I, ha and I haven't before. And mm. every time I don't stay true to myself, I regret it. Trust yeah. me. Like totally regret it. Um, there'll be times where I will like read a questionnaire that someone fills out. And even though I haven't gotten on a call with them and the questionnaire looks good, there's like maybe a word they used or something that they, that they said. And again, it's like type, so I can't hear them say it, but just the way that they say it. wrote it out, I feel it. And I'm, I go with my gut now. Yeah. Yeah. I was recently in a business meeting and I just, I went in thinking I was going to be working with the people I had already had a connection with. And then I went in and I had met the person I would be actually working with. And I had the worst feeling. Like I, I knew in that moment in time that it wasn't going to work, but it then drug out for like three more weeks. And like, I ended up like retracting things and I was just like, I, I can't. And, um, it actually came breaking down to that. They were like, yeah, we kind of figured <laughs> like, yeah. it was almost like they didn't want to work with them either. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But, it, but I was like, I could only imagine how miserable I would have been taking on that project money was there, boxes were checked, but didn't feel good. Absolutely. You got to mm. go with your gut. Um, but then like once, you know, once we set the intention, I just ask them questions about their business and where they're at. And I just want to get to know their situation and help them decide what is it that they need. If you can go into it with that kind of focus, just on the other person. And that's, that's what should, your focus should be when you're marketing in general, not even just in the discovery call, but your focus should be on helping people find the right decision for them. Like 
it's not about convincing people. It's not about twisting any arms. Right. Just be genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And again, like people feel pressure, right? They're like, I want a client now. And I'm like, I get that. But if you go into your marketing saying, I want a client now, you're going to come across as like grabby and desperate. And yeah. nobody wants to work with somebody desperate. No. And, and like, um, I've heard some people say like, they felt, they feel uh, sleazy when they sell. And I'm just like, well, that's the, if you're being genuine, you shouldn't feel that way. <laughs> yeah. That's a mindset issue. That's an issue inside of them. Mm. Um, and again, I think people have to look at the definition of sales and marketing because it's not trying to convince people. It's honestly building that relationship and serving your audience. Yes. And serving them also means making offers to the right people, by the way, because people, people aren't going to get what they need just by being in like your free Facebook group or on your email list, right? They need at some point, they're going to reach a point where they're like, okay, I need more. And if you don't tell them how to do that, because you're afraid of being salesy, that's when you're making it all about you and not about them. Ooh, dropping bombs. (laughs) Oh, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, man, that's so true. I was sitting yeah. here like shaking my head like, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> we all have. We all have. Oh, man. Well, if you had any advice today for an entrepreneur listening who just needs to take that leap, needs to step into their power and just own it, what would you say to them? I would say that there's never going to feel like a right time. <laughs> You're never going to feel like you're ready, but you're more ready than you think you are. Um, If you wait and wait and wait, you'll have waited too long. And so I would also say that there is someone out there right now who needs what you have to offer. They're struggling with whatever problem they're having and you have the solution. And so they need you to show up. It literally, literally you showing up and taking that leap, that is what's going to change somebody's life. Mm. All the goosebumps right now. Ooh, that was so good. I, I, I agree. I love that. Like absolutely beautiful. Just show up, show up. It's take that step. You know, Michelle, where can our audience go to learn more about you and your services and just connect with you further? Cause I know they're going to want to. Yeah, I would love that. Um, The best place to connect with me is in my Facebook group. It's called Market Like a Boss. Um, I'll be sure you get the link. Um, And that's honestly the place where I show up the most. So I get, you know, offer a lot of resources and trainings through my live videos. Um, I've got a ton of content in there for people who are struggling with feeling like finding the right client is like finding a needle in a haystack. Yeah. (laughs) Um, If that is what you're struggling with. And if you have a really deep desire to, you know, grow a business that lights you up, that leaves you um, fulfilled, this is the place for you for sure. There are so many amazing women in that group. um, And I would love to connect with you there. Perfect. I love that. Michelle, you provided us with so many tips and tricks and wisdom nuggets today. No, if our audience even implements half of them, they'll see a shift in their business. So thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. This was a blast. I've linked Michelle's website and social channels on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up to get podcast emails straight to your inbox every week. 
Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in and turn it up. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend or screenshot that you're listening and share it on social media. I'm on Instagram at at mindbizlife. Oh, and of course, tomorrow is Halloween. So I've got to throw in a little happy Halloween shout out in there. I'm excited to take my kids trick-or-treating. My oldest has a newfound interest in the book and movie series Twilight, so I'll be protected by a vampire all night. And if that's not enough protection, my youngest, well, you got to watch out for her because she is going as a jellyfish. So she stings easily. (laughs) We get to go to this neighborhood that's by the beach and every year, Every house on this in this neighborhood is decorated to the nines. Some houses pass out cotton candy, others popcorn, some uh, ice cones or snow cones, and many houses also have things such as margarita machines for some adult beverages. So now you know the real reason why we go there. <laughs> but seriously, I want everyone to have a safe, memorable, and of course, happy Halloween. I'll see you back here next week for another episode, but until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.